Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. I'm Janet. I'm Mel. And I'm Helen. We are so excited to start today's episode, but before we do, we wanted to give a quick shout out to the sponsor of today's episode, Love Bonito. We've been longtime fans of this female-founded clothing with styles that are perfect for the modern-day Asian-American woman. I feel like we've been wearing their stuff quite frequently. I know we all have their matching blazer sets, and Mm -hmm. I've been wearing a lot of their dresses to events and weddings. And today's outfits are particularly special. We are each wearing an item from their new Lunar New York capsule, which is a modern take on the Chongsam or Chi Pao. So cute mm-hmm. and particularly appropriate for today's episode. Yeah, so let's dive right in. So as Asian Americans, our family traditions look so different from the ones that our families grew up with. Mm-hmm. While our parents tried their best to pass down the traditions that held the most meaning for them, or at least the ones that they wanted us to know, ultimately, we've created our traditions here in the States for our own. And with that, that adds to how special these traditions have become to us, ties to our heritage, and unique to our families. Today, we're going to be talking about how the intersection of American and Asian, specifically Chinese and Taiwanese, cultures look like in our homes growing up. Uh, Definitely sharing about how our experiences shaped our relationship with our culture and our heritage. And for anyone who comes from a similar background to ours, you know that Lunar New Year is a really, really big holiday. It's probably arguably the biggest celebration for, at least within Taiwanese and Chinese culture. Um, And just as a little refresher for us, Lunar New Year is the beginning of the new year for anyone who follows the lunar calendar. Here in the United States, we follow the Gregorian or Christian calendar, which is actually guided by like the phases of the sun versus some other cultures followed by the lunar calendar, which goes by the phases of the moon. This year, Lunar New Year falls on February 10th, which is the Saturday, and it marks the first day of the new year based on the lunar calendar. Well, thank you, Dana, for sharing, you know, the history or the background of how the Lunar New Year and the our New Year is founded. <laughs> I really had no idea. I had a feeling that you would hear the word Gregorian and think something of it. Okay, actually, because I did think of something. So in choir, in chamber choir in high school, I did Gregorian music. You, you called it Gregorian chant music. It was right? Gregorian chant music. And if I find the what, file. What even is that? I sounded like I was in church <laughs> and like in a monastery or a monastery where the monks, the friars, like that's what I think of. Oh. I could be completely wrong because <laughs> I have zero. It, this is high school and I'm not very, as I'm not as educated on the religion. So I'm going to stop talking now. Let's talk about the Lunar <laughs> New Year. Back to Lunar New Year. <laughs> yes. So when I think about my parents and where they grew up in their homeland, it just is such a start contrast from 
everything that we know right mm-hmm. like this is the only life that we've known and they have like two separate lives basically mm-hmm. basically they had a different childhood they have different tra- like the way they celebrated traditions and holidays probably looked a little bit different too in the motherland versus here in the states have you actually ever asked your parents like what was it like celebrating these holidays in the motherland versus in america to be honest helen i actually never asked my mom my family this question until thinking about this episode and I was quite um, not surprised but it did it did seem like wow they lived in a very different world than what we do now so my mom told me that when she lived in Taipei when she was in elementary school uh, before she immigrated every time for New Year the New Year's Eve my grandma would make a huge feast which would be like shrimp chicken and fish Mm -hmm. because they had to bye bye or pray so they always have to make sure there's a feast ready for prayer. And she said um, the whole family would come over. Like my great-grandparents lived really close. No, they lived with them. So big family um, celebration. And the next day, they would always be changed into new clothes because the, the saying is, which is like mm. new year, you wear new clothes. Mm. So my grandma always made sure that my mom and her two brothers had new clothes to wear on the New Year's Day. And they did fireworks on the streets. And I was like, oh, wow, mommy, like you... You didn't tell me about this before. And then when she immigrated to Hawaii when she was 14, the celebration kind of maybe dwindled down. Like all they did was have one Lunar New Year dinner and red envelopes. And it kind of just, in my opinion, kind of dwindled a little bit Mm -hmm. when she had us. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have a real life moment that felt like a movie? I remember this one time I was walking the streets of Taipei one evening in November. The streets were bustling with people getting off work, people visiting for the holidays, and the city just felt alive. My eyes were twinkling from all the holiday lights and installations that line each pathway and entrances to stores. It was chilly and I was bundled up in my perfect fall fit. But as I was walking, I felt a drop hit my head and it suddenly began to pour. I did not pack an umbrella and sparkles in my eyes became blurry from the rain. I quickly ran to the nearest store and dusted myself off. My moments of having a romantic night with myself, with the lights, could have felt cut short. However, I peered down and noticed my feet were completely dry and ready to walk some more. My Vessi sneakers saved my feet from the surprise drizzle and encouraged me to keep this moment going. I put on my hood and continued to frolic in the rain amongst the lights. My movie moment. Be the main character in your movie and have Vessi be your supporting partner in crime. Whether you're out exploring the beaches in Hawaii or protecting your feet from the rain in Taipei like me, let Vessi be your companion. Trust me, it can withstand it all. Head to Vessi.com ABG and get yourself a pair today. Go to Vessi.com ABG and get Get 15% off your first order. How about you guys? My parents both were born and grew up in Taiwan, uh, but they both celebrated slightly differently. In speaking with my dad, he talked about Lunar New Year, like memories from when he was in like, I think it was maybe like more high school and like a teenager. And he's like, oh yeah, we would go out to like parties. And with like our, with my family, we would have like more of just like a celebratory like banquet type dinner, Mm. which I can totally see when I reflect back to my childhood, when they came to the States, we would kind of, we would just go to a Chinese restaurant and do like banquet style dinners. My mom's side, however, my grandmother was much more like she did all of the preparations around the home. She would make dumplings by hand. Mm. And um, there's like this kind of little tradition they have where you put different things in the dumplings and then when you eat it together as a family when you get certain items like sometimes they'll put a coin and it means if you get the coin in your dumpling it represents that you're going to have a wealthy you know Mm -hmm. you have money coming towards you in the new year and a broken Um, tooth (laughs) yeah you do have to be careful you don't want to like swallow the things in the in the dumplings um, and uh, she, my grandma would also create like altars and mm. you have like plates of fruit and also portraits of uh, ancestors or it was like her parents and then the parents before that. Mm-hmm. And I do remember that from 
when I was young too, in the States when they came over here, she would still create that in their home and we would go over to her house and it would be this kind of like really much more elaborate celebration. Um, and then of course you do the red envelopes and you have to bye bye to all of your elders, you know, each generation, like first the parents will do it and then the, you know, the mm -hmm. our, my sister and I would come in and do that. So, so with my parents, they definitely celebrated slightly differently and I could see how they carried those traditions through when they came to the States. But as, like I think my generation got older, it, start, it started dwindling and now it's mostly just the, the priority is just to get together. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's items or, you know, the appropriate foods. Sometimes there isn't. Sometimes there's red envelopes. Sometimes there isn't anymore, you mm -hmm. know. How about you, Helen? So I was able to ask my mom this question when she was here for the holidays. And mm. um, yeah, I also had no idea. Like, mm -hmm. how did you celebrate? The first thing she said to me was, oh, we celebrated Chinese New Year very traditionally. <laughs> in China. I was like, no shit, mom. <laughs> like that's, that's what you do, right? Yeah. But she moved here when she was in her early 20s. So mm. the way that they celebrated and the way that she talks about it is that it was just so... The the word in Toysanese is hin now, which I don't know what it is in Mandarin, but it just means so jubilant, so mm. happy. Now. But, yeah. Oh, learn now. Le learn now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That word. So yeah. it's it, which is kind of just like an all-encompassing like feeling of joy and mm. happiness, you know. So that's how she described it. And she's like, here in the states now, it just it just feels different because you're only celebrating within the confines of your own home mm -hmm. or within local Chinatowns. So there's no like constant barrage of the sound of fireworks and mm. just this feeling of joy all around, mm. right? She would also say that you know in China it was such a big ordeal mm -hmm. you know like she would have some neighbors that she wouldn't see for a whole year because they would have moved to like mm -hmm. hong kong or the uk or somewhere else and then chinese new year's when everyone would come home mm -hmm. and you would be able to say hi to your neighbors and be like hey how's it been where where you been how's mm -hmm. life you know versus here i feel like now we can just be like oh i have a work meeting or oh mm -hmm. i'm planning vacation like with friends or something but like back in china everyone would just come back home yeah mm -hmm. so that's something that i think she is sort of like missing or feels nostalgia about when yeah. I ask her about it but there are a lot of things I feel like we do carry over to the traditions in our home now which I, I still try and celebrate it or at least hold on to the tra traditions that my parents taught me so for example like cleaning the house before New Year's Eve right mm. like literally it's an all hands on deck ordeal dusting mopping throwing away all like the bad juju basically mm -hmm. Also getting new like New Year's Eve clothes. Mm. So making sure that you get new shoes, new new clothes, which is always nice. Mm -hmm. But new shoes are basically to like stomp out all the bad juju in your life, mm. all the bad people in your life. Mm. That's the, I guess, the significance of getting new shoes. Yeah. Um, and then New Year's Eve day, there's like a big dinner with family to close out the year. And you're also supposed to wash your hair before the dinner, right? Mm. So New Year's Day, you're not supposed to do any work. They say that if you mm. clean again or if you wash your hair, you're basically ridding all of the new luck that came in at the stroke of midnight. Mm. Oh. So New Year's Day in China, she would say like no one worked, everything was closed and she would just hang out with her cousins and just have like a, a good time with everyone. So that sounds really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to see her light, her eyes kind of like light up when she just, you know, oh. reminisced about what life was like back in China and just yeah. how, how that, that whole Celebration just felt a lot more hin now, which yeah, yeah. Mm. How do you say it again? Learn now. Learn now. I'm saying it the right now. way. Yeah. My 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 
my pinging might be off, but <laughs> yeah. not being my, my saying. One thing though that she mentioned to me, and it's gonna get kind of graphic, um, but this is one of the the biggest like stark contrast between how graphic. we celebrate now and how she celebrated before then. But, but she says she has like distinct memories of her fingers being super numb during this period of time. And I was like, why? Obviously super cold in China in the mm. dead of winter, right? January, February. That's when Lunar New Year usually is. And she had the job as a kid and into her like teenage life to basically pluck chicken hair. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to help yeah, yeah, yeah. prep the chicken for the dinners. I was like, what do you mean? And so she was like, everyone had chickens. Like, it's not yeah, like now so where, and she like grew up in the city. And she was like, even in your backyard, you just had chickens, right? They were pets. They were food. Yeah. Oh God. I know. I know. So, and there was like no hot running water. So they would have to oh. boil water and, you know, dunk the chicken in, <laughs> like, <laughs> pluck the chicken. And she said goose hair was a lot harder than, um, Chicken. Oh, goose versus... Goose and chicken. chicken. So goose ah. hair, she said, was like super hard to get out. I don't know if anyone needed to know that, but fun facts. <laughs> well, those are like, I mean, I think it's like a very nice like core memory, I guess you can call it, or just like a thing that maybe that she'll think of. But I think that just shows how much we're removed from that, mm -hmm. even though it's yeah, only yeah. one generation removed. But that's how different, you know, life is now here in the States and also different in how we celebrate. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, as you were describing all of these things, Helen, it makes me think to the last like couple of years with our friend group that you kind of carried through some of those traditions and you would like host a Lunar New Year. Not plucking like, chickens, though. Not plucking chickens, yeah. Chickens. <laughs> but just, I mean, I think uh, even just like um, the, like cleaning the house or like having the plate of oranges, mm -hmm. it's really, um, for me, it's really cool because I don't think that my parents had as much of a tie. And mm -hmm. so, but my dad, like he loves history. And mm -hmm. so when he's talked to me, he'll like share with me, these are things that that people traditionally do in our culture, mm. even if you didn't see it growing up. So mm. when I get to see it reflected, like when you actively carry it through in like for our friend group, like for me, it's very significant. So I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Thanks <laughs> for saying that. I know I'm becoming my mom. I'm becoming yeah. an Asian. I am an Asian mom. An Asian you mom. Are. Yeah, <laughs> I am. Did you know that an estimated five billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year? Plus, those products are often filled with nasty ingredients like chlorine and ammonia. That is such a lose-lose situation for us and the planet. If you haven't heard of them already, I want to talk to you about Blue Land. They are on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet. They send you their reusable cleaning product containers along with tablets. All you have to do is add water into the bottles, drop in a tablet, and voila! No need to grab bulky and heavy cleaning supplies on your grocery runs anymore. Refills also start at just $2.25 and and you can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. This is the new model of how products should be done, people. Clean ingredients, less waste, smart design, simple packaging. I love it. They have hand soap, bathroom and multi-surface cleaners, laundry tablets, toilet bowl cleaner tablets, and more. Those toilet bowl tablets, they are seriously my favorite. They have this nice light citrusy scent versus those like really heavy, harsh chemical aromas that you get from traditional toilet bowl cleaners. Blue Land has a special offer just for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com abg. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash ABG for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash ABG to get 15% off. Support for today's episode comes from OneSkin. The new year means a lot of new things. For me, that means a new skincare routine. Okay, more like an updated one. As I continue to build on my skincare, I wanted to make sure I'm using the right products for my body and face. 
only upgrades here. I find myself drawn to skin products that have a science-backed approach because it's more legitimate, which is what OneSkin is all about. So OneSkin products are powered by a scientifically proven peptide called OS1 that targets wrinkles right where they start your cells. This isn't just another skincare routine. It's a real science breakthrough. The first product I've been trying from OneSkin is your eye cream. I've been wanting to add this step into my routine for a while since the skin around your eyes have been shown to age faster than the rest of your skin. I use it a few times and I already see a bit of smoothing out going on in my eyes. In terms of the application, the pump is so easy to use and it dispenses the right amount, aka no excess waste. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company, but focused on the cellular aspects of aging. OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ABG at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ABG. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. New year, healthier skin. That's OneSkin. I think hearing a Helen story about her mom like celebrated Lunar with the, the chicken plucking and all that stuff makes me realize like how far removed or how different that, gener- that generation is from ours. And it makes me curious about like if you both ever visited your family's hometown and Mm. where they grew up and how that kind of painted a better picture of how they raised us and how what their general approach to is in life yeah so we actually did a family trip together back to taiwan it was my mom my dad my sister and myself when my sister and i were adults i think we were like in our 20s at this point it was the first time we all went back together as a family Mm. and um i had grown up hearing all of these stories of like hearing them talk about Taiwan, but also China. And as a kid, I think when you don't really understand that, I would often mix the two a little bit. Mm. And I didn't really, I like, I would hear stories and I didn't really understand. So it was really fascinating to me to be able to go back and see the place that my parents grew up in Taiwan. It was actually, it's very different from China, mm. right? Like, obviously you knew that conceptually, but seeing, but seeing what it was like and seeing that um, where they grew up in Taiwan is also very like more like city type setting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I was growing up, like I grew up in the suburbs and um, I remember always just feeling like, damn, it's so boring here, Mm -hmm. right? Like things are so spread out. It's so quiet. Everything's so cookie cutter. But then going to Taiwan um, and seeing kind of the livelihood of the city, my mom said, you know, it's because when you grow up in one area, you kind of crave the opposite setting. So it kind of gave me an understanding, but I was like, well, my generation is the opposite because I grew up in like the more quiet, I crave like the the, the hustle bustle of the city. Mm-hmm. So it was, I don't that was kind of like a side tangent, but going back to the places in Taiwan, they, we visited where they grew up. Um, I think it was like my dad's preschool oh, we wow. went, um, cause my grandmother was like a school teacher. And so the schooling for him was like a really big part of his like family, like, or his memories growing up, but all the things were not quite there anymore. And like their original homes were not there, but the general neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that trip, I just, I think it's really cool to see my parents get a little bit lost in their own, like, whoa, like it's been, a, it feels like it was a lifetime ago that that mm-hmm. was their life. I guess I'm not articulate, not articulating this the best, but uh, I felt I felt in some ways that I definitely better understood them, mm. and maybe in ways that I can't really put into words. But just it's all the little interactions that um, I know, like that I just I I I feel I guess I understand them better if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the two times I visited China, one was when I was four years old, and then I went back in high school. And both times we went to the countryside village. It's called Nuntun in Toisanese, which is just like countryside like it's it's farmland right Mm -hmm. um and that's where my grandparents my papa and my gong had grown up um and just seeing that life such Mm -hmm. a stark contrast (laughs) 
<laughs> to um, even like I didn't get to see where my parents grew up, so they grew up in the city. But from just seeing that sort of a lifestyle, because I know that when my grandma was and my grandpa was in the city, they were working. So then my parents actually had to go back to for their grandparents to raise them. In like this little village area, so my I guess my my parents were also raised there. One story again, this is gonna get graphic. It's gonna involve chickens, but <laughs> one story oh that um, my mom had told me is that when she was planning to move to America, so my dad was already here. They were already kind of like married, and then he had to come over here to America first before bringing her over. So she was gonna basically go alone, kind of without like her own family with her. It was just mm. going to her husband's family, right? Aww. And so my grandpa, who, you know, they had never been to America before. So they were like, what if you need to feed yourself? What if you can't fend for yourself? Like you at least have to be able to feed yourself. So he made her Hongai, which means to kill a chicken. And this was when she was like a teenager slash like in her early 20s. Mm -hmm. So she physically with her hand had to like kill a chicken. And she said it was extremely traumatizing because the chicken looked at her, (laughs) like looked up at her. So it's like, it's just a crazy story of, you know, what she's gone through and probably representative of like other moments in her childhood, her life and just growing up like farmland slash half farm, half like city. Um, But like, from that one story that she shared to me and also just seeing the village, I'm like, she is a tough woman. Like, if yeah. you know her, she is a tough woman. And when I say that she is the most hardworking person I know, mm-hmm. I feel like my 30 plus years of life, I've met a lot of people. And nowadays, I feel like when you say someone is hardworking, they're like sitting behind a computer and they're, they're really mm-hmm. hardworking. They Different can like stay there for yeah, a yeah. long time, right? But with my mom, she is physically hardworking. And she's so just like mentally tough. There was one day when she was over for the holidays and um, our nanny was was uh, on vacation. So she was watching three kids for 14 hours straight, Oof. right? My mm-hmm. sister, my sister's kids don't nap anymore. And I was just like, mm. mom, are you, are you tired? And she's like, no, that was, that was fun. Mm. I was just like, Aww. oh my goodness. Like who else is able to say that? I'm tired yeah, after yeah. one hour with three kids. Yeah. I just want to say that I personally have a lot more respect for people who, if you're going to uh, eat the eat the body of, Ooh, eat the body. <laughs> I just want to say that if you're going to have, if you're going to eat living things, I have a lot more respect for the people that know what it is like to take that life themselves, Ooh, right? And so when wow. you so when you say your you saw your mom or like your mom's memory of looking in the chicken's eyes, I'm like she knows, yeah, right? Then you appreciate like a lot more of. Yeah, so she's definitely, Damn. when you say tough, um, I, I I can see that. And I, I see that in your mom too. We, you know, we've met your mom so many times and she has this like, this definite like, uh, I don't know what's the right word. It's like this like vibe. She has so much life yeah. in mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also the other thing is that growing up, she would always say, um, you know, make sure you finish your chicken. <laughs> We're talking about chicken a lot. Mm-hmm. And like your fish and the meats because they literally grew up with not, like not every week did they have that on the table. Yes. So it was a privilege to have it. And that's why nowadays, whenever she visits, my fridge is stuffed and it's ridiculous. I'm like, mom, this is all going to expire by the time I eat it, but it doesn't matter because now they have the ability to give that, give to us what they didn't have yeah, growing yeah. up, right? Yeah. So something about them that 
I've learned just from their, you know, seeing how they grew up is they appreciate so much with so little. And I think nowadays we just overcomplicate life so much. But then whenever I see my parents, because I know I'm talking about my mom a lot, but my dad holds the same values. It's like, as long as your family is good, as long as you're healthy, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And truly, that's what they care the most about. So they are sort of like my examples for Mm always staying grounded and humble and grateful for just what we have in life. Mm. I really like that. And I appreciate, and I see that also within, I feel like I, I try to do the same thing We get like overcomplicating. I'm like, look, just if everyone's healthy and mm-hmm. happy and we're together, it's, that mm-hmm. is what is important. Yeah. The chicken talks have been, made, made me think actually. You got some chicken stories I actually too? do also have chicken stories. I won't, I won't dive into those ones, but I think hearing your story about your mom made me realize like my mom grew up in Taipei. I think she grew up in the city of Siling, which is where the Siling Night Market is now. It's like mm. kind of like a residential but very bustling area. But they would always go back to Shinzu, where is my grandpa's from. It's back then it's more like definitely more countryside. Like it's definitely so replaced. Um so when I would go back, uh, I did get to visit both. I, I do we always spend most of the time in Taipei, but then we would always go back to Shinzu to pray every time Mm. we're back just to acknowledge and respect our ancestors. But my childhood memories are we would spend a week actually in Shinzu and I loved it because it was so different from the city. And my mom would tell stories of how like they would, you know, they also would spend time there too. But from my experience, so even just as a kid myself, just it was very different being in like, again, the city versus the country. Mm -hmm. The things we did for fun, like in the countryside, we would... um go pick clams or little clams or little oh. uh, little crabs to bring home. And even the house felt different. Like mm-hmm. it was my great grandpa, great grandparents' house and they had a little, a little shed and like a chicken coop upstairs. So I got, I saw some things that I didn't want to see with the mm. chickens, but it just felt like a slower pace living. And I guess the biggest takeaway I got from both settings is that regardless of whether it's city or country side, the idea of family and having everyone at the table was always present. Like in Taipei, whether it's at a restaurant um, or in Shinzu, it was always around the dinner table at the house, like when everyone would gather. Um, so I don't know. I just I think the thing that I got was that my mom, that she tries to pass down with us, she's like, even though I may not do all the same traditions um, and we don't pass that down, is I want us to be – I always want us to gather for a meal. Yes. And whether we're calling our uncles or whoever's in town, like I want, I want it to feel – I guess like kind of like your mom's like full of joy. Yeah, I think my mom's very happy. We just all of us just sitting down. We're all together, and we're just I don't know. It's it's just so simple, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely I see that as well. My dad always it's just it doesn't even matter. We'll have a hodgepodge. Sometimes it's Chinese food. Sometimes yeah. it's like takeout from Italian or whatever it is. It's just are we together? Yes, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing. And like I think like you mentioned, like this is a the, the thing that it's just so simple. You just be grateful for that. And I'll be honest, there are times I forget about that. And it mm. wasn't until like I was in Taiwan or we have a large gathering with the family there. I'm like, man, I love my family. I love this gathering. It just feels so feels so easy and and just pure. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. 
And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. So we've talked a bit about how our parents celebrated when they were in their home countries. Uh, but of course, they've come to America and they've been here for quite some time. They have children here. Have you seen how your parents have evolved or kind of morphed um, the way that they celebrate to still stay connected to their culture now that they're in a different country, in a different culture? So I think for my parents, they always have a saying. It's like a twice any saying. It's like, do as the locals do. Mm -hmm. And that is definitely something that I think both of them have tried to um, adapt to which is just, you know, doing as the locals do. So growing up, obviously, we celebrated Christmas and Thanksgiving, and those were not holidays that were celebrated in China. Mm -hmm. So during these holidays, like, my mom, instead of giving Christmas presents, she'll give hongbaos, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. For Thanksgiving, it's the chicken and a duck, and she's just like, I didn't grow up with turkey. It's so dry. Like, why would you do yeah. that? So our, like, all the kids will bring the turkey and mm. all of the, you know, traditional side dishes for, for dinner. Um and separately, we speak Chinglish at home, which mm, is a mix of yes, Chinese yes. and English. So I will say that for my parents, I the way that I've seen them sort of like assimilate into the culture, they've, they've done it, but in a way where they hold so true to who they are without feeling any shame or trying to hide who they are or mm -hmm. what traditions they want to celebrate. Like they are straight and they're straight up Chinese like parents. But at the same time, they're so open and accepting of others' cultures because they know that they are here. So they are open to, you know, whatever comes their way. But they've done a good job, I feel like, of being able to sort of like merge the two without, mm. without sacrificing who they are. I actually feel like like my mom does something similar too with my family. I would say my mom is very Asian American. I, I think I said mm -hmm. a couple times on the podcast. She grew up in Hawaii when she was 14 and on. So she has that American-ness ingrained in her, but she's still very Taiwanese. Like how we stay connected is that, you know, we go back to Taiwan every two years. Now every mm -hmm. year because my grandpa. So I think just being in your motherland, you definitely feel this sense of like, these are my people and I feel mm -hmm. connected to my, my identity. Um, another thing is... Um, Food is a big component. I, I didn't realize, but growing up, where I grew up, there wasn't a lot of Taiwanese restaurants, actually, in Union City at the time. And so whenever there's one new one, my mom was like, we have to go try it. Mm. And then we always find the the one place with, like, the best pork chop um, rice. Mm. And we uh, on Fridays, that would be, like, our special dish she would bring home for takeout. And so it was, like, a common thing to look forward to is, like, that fried pork chop rice thing. Um, and I think the last thing is like, I did have my grandparents live with me. So having, you know, the other older generation live with you, it's going to trickle in your, your traditions, your, your culture, oh, yeah. like growing up, my house is filled of Mandarin and Taiwanese. And there was always like coming home from school, like there's Taiwanese, like music always blasting from my house. <laughs> and I was like waving to my friend goodbye as my grandma comes out with the Taiwanese music. So, and then the news and the drama. So I think just in other ways, staying connected, there's like, through these like, I want to say soft ways mm -hmm. that always, but left a huge impact. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I had so many like images come up as you were describing your experience. And a lot of that like reflects mm -hmm. what I grew up with because um, when I was young, my grandparents lived with us as well. My grandma was always reading the Chinese newspaper. Mm -hmm. And because she was a teacher, she also like would make me like kind of like practice calligraphy and things mm -hmm. like that. So I always, I did, even to this day now, when I go back to visit my parents, my dad always has either it's a Chinese news 
or a Chinese drama on in the background. So mm. that's like always like background um, noise, I guess you can say. But uh, for my parents, when I was growing up, a lot of how we maintained connection to our culture was even though I grew up in Mission Viejo where there was not a very big Asian American, I mean, there was an Asian American community, but my I, I didn't, I was not really as active in it. And so every weekend we would make the drive out to either Roland Heights or Monterey Park because we had both sides of the family in either way mm -hmm. and always have a meal with family. And that's where a lot of my childhood was spent in Chinese restaurants. Um, and of course, like the kids, we would eat and then we'd get, you know, finished and the adults would always like, these would be like hour long meals where they would catch up over conversation. So I grew up in the parking lots, like playing tag and playing oh, that's, games that's and cute. things like that. Um, uh, but yeah, I, th I think a lot of how nowadays though, you know, everyone is kind of grown up and everyone has like another generation of families and things like that. We will still try to get together for a meal. And mm. if it's not Chinese food, like I said, again, it's maybe it's a hodgepodge or whatever it is, but the whole essence of just being together, that is still very important, um, within my family, my extended family. Hi, ABGs. It's Janet here. I want to talk to you for a sec about skims. You've probably heard of them. I know I definitely had before giving them a try. And wow, I think I found my new favorite underwear. Skims is the solution-oriented brand creating the next generation of underwear, loungewear, and shapewear for everybody. I am usually not much of a thong girly, but I tried the Fits Everybody thong and yeah, I have been converted. The material is super soft. They're very lightweight and seamless. So it really is very comfortable, which is usually my main complaint with thongs. I also got the triangle bralette and it is the perfect balance of fitted and effective, but also comfortable. To top it off, I really dig the way their sets look. The cut and the form is very minimal and the color sets are so classy. I got mine in onyx and clay, which is basically black and nude. Overall, I have found my new go-to basics with Skims Classic Fits Everybody collection of lightweight, form-fitting essentials. The buttery soft fabric molds to your body and stretches to twice its size. It's offered in a range of cuts and fits from underwear and bras to dresses, t-shirts, and bodysuits. Available in sizes XXS to 4X and offered in nine core colorways in limited edition seasonal colors. Believe the hype. Skims has over 90,000 five-star reviews for a reason. Skims Fits Everybody and more best-selling essentials are available now at skims.com. Plus, you get free shipping on orders over $75, all at skims.com. After you place your order, be sure to let them know that we sent you. Select podcast in the survey and be sure to select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. And if you're looking for a gift for your Valentine or for yourself, Skims just launched their best Valentine's shop ever, also available at skims.com. Okay, for this segment, we thought it'd be fun to kind of like alternate and share like what makes our house or family very Asian. That'd be kind of fun. Okay. Want to go first? Sure. Um, shoes off. Mm. obviously no matter if you're just a friend or if you're here to fix my hvac system shoes off yes speaking of shoes in my in my closet we have a closet full of slippers so we have Same. so ready yes. to give to the guest yes chinese grocery store calendars always still mm. always up in my parents home mm -hmm. same dishwasher as a drying rack which i still use but sometimes i've been i've been using it so it's kind of awesome when you do use your dishwasher yeah but it's also awesome when it's a drying rack I've never used a dishwasher to this day. Wow. wow. I, don't know, I don't know how to use one. I tried and I failed. Wow. <laughs> Wait, you failed? How did you fail? How did you fail? How did you fail? I don't know. Okay, it was broken. It was in Palm Springs. I oh, tried. Okay. And I was like, oh. the dishes are still dirty. Anyway, <laughs> uh, for me, uh, there's always coverings on our furniture. Mm. Yes. I don't mm -hmm. know what color my couch is mm -hmm. at home. <laughs> mm -hmm. I guess along with those lines, like leaving leaving any, like if you get new electronics, always leaving kind of the layer on because you want to preserve uh, like the newness for as long as you can. <laughs> yes. Using your oven as a pot and pan holder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still do that. I, yeah. <laughs> 
You have to Thanks. take out everything when you want to like yes. bake something. It's so That's annoying. why we don't bake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, saving all the sauces from takeouts or like oh, yeah. ketchup packets. Oh my gosh. When I moved from my condo to our house now, we literally had a, a bag full of it. I'm like, this is all expired. Why do we keep all of this? <laughs> I might use it one time. We threw it away. Yeah. We threw it away. Oh yeah. I guess along with that, just like expired condiments that are either in the fridge or mm. in the cupboards because, you know, according to parents, those are just suggested by days, mm. not mm. actual expiration <laughs> Yes. My mom says all the time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. One that I have, which I don't want to like deem as an Asian thing, but hoarding <laughs> i think there are enough like tiktoks and memes out there yeah. to to support me in this um but i am a huge hoarder it's because it's like the whole immigrant mentality like has rubbed off on me right mm-hmm. it's like literally i will have a fluorescent pink shirt that clearly is not you know doesn't look good but i hold on to it because i'm like oh my gosh what if one day that's like the pantone color of the year and then like girl <laughs> i can buy a headband <laughs> out of it i can it's it's i just i don't know and also just like waste you know i just don't mm-hmm. want to waste it i know yes. donate donating is you know i should do that and i i'm literally going through my closet right now and just donating a bunch of different things and it's such mm-hmm. a hard process because i want to hold on to everything but um that i do associate with like that asian immigrant mentality yeah for sure i also feel i'm like do you ever see like Asian households compost? No, because you're never going to waste food. My, we compost. Right? Oh, I guess like when you're making the food. But yeah. like, I, yeah, the idea of like dumping food out, it just like, it feels like I feel a physical, like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel good, right? The last thing I'll say for me is um, the smell. I got told that my house smells very Asian before growing up. Ooh, I think I know exactly what that smells like. Yeah. <laughs> I can't describe it. Is it like a little bit like incense I think it smells a little like food. Food. It smells yeah, like food. 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 <laughs> okay, okay. Whenever my dad cooks in the kitchen, my mom's always like, I know. Like you can, yeah, very distinct Chinese uh, sauces and flavors yep. of the smells. So to close up this episode, are there any traditions that you want to start with your family in the future? Mm. Yes. Yeah, go for it. I think I, I understand like, you know, my mom has such a lively like traditional traditions when she was younger and it, it kind of dwindled down. And I think a part of me now is like kind of sad it dwindled and I mm-hmm. want to start it up, started back up again somehow, whether it's with my family, with my brother. And I think that one year Helen invited us over for a Chinese, Chinese dinner, New Year dinner. Like it was so nice. And I learned so much from that experience. Like Palmelo's good luck, how to cook steamed fish that the next year I actually made my, my first Lunar New Year dinner with like the twins. With the steamed fish. I made your steam, I, yeah, I followed yeah. your recipe to make a steamed wow. fish. It's and on it was, YouTube, by yes, the way. that's what I've watched. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try and link it at the, at the bottom in the yeah. captions, yeah. And I just feel like it was just so pleasant to have such a traditional meal. And I don't know, just I want to do that more often. Oh, I like that. Um, I think for me, I will, I, just the idea of gathering, I'm going to do it in some format. And I think also the idea of giving away um, like, uh, red envelopes like maybe it's not the actual red envelope but using like giving them someone like money versus say like items I think it's more just mm. like giving them something where it's like you have the choice to either invest in your future maybe it's like a more practical gift I don't yeah. know what it is but I definitely that's something that is ingrained in me that I want to like continue on in the future maybe it's because of ABG but there's a part of me that really just wants to sort of like emulate and really carry on the traditions of what my parents you know was so innate to them and has mm. been so lost in translation or Mm. in just over time with you know coming over to america so that is one thing with like chinese new year i like try to go all out half know what i'm doing half asking it half calling her all the time being like hey is this right is this right what fruits am i supposed to get how am i supposed to put this dish together how do i make this dish so i think i'm gonna every year just try and learn more and more so that i can give that to my son 
Thank you so much for joining us in today's episode. If there are any traditions that you and your family do for Lunar New Year to celebrate, please let us know, leave them in the comments. We also wanna shout out Love Bonito one last time for outfitting us in these beautiful dresses. Check out their new Lunar New Year capsule. They're gorgeous, nice and modern, but also with a traditional twist. Yeah, and it's perfect for Xin Yin's fun Xin Yi. So new clothes That's for the right. new year. Yes. Um, check out Love Bonito. And with that, we will catch you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye.